What is up, everybody? Welcome to the In the Round podcast. You've got Matt Burrill and Mr. Producer, the big man himself, Tyler Lassard. What up? Going on, my buddy. Not much, man. How you doing? I'm doing great. Excited to be bringing a podcast out to the great people of the world. This is our first one. This is our first one, and I am ecstatic. We got a great guest coming up. But first, something we're going to be doing. We're not going to be, we're going to be jumping into the guest a little bit later on in the show but to kick things off gonna be letting you all know since this is a music thing that we are doing gonna let you know what we've been bumping what we've been cranking and uh something that if you're not listening to it according to us you should be checking it out you should be listening to us so tyler what have you been uh cranking up uh a lot recently i've been cranking out the new randy hauser album um i think you know it's definitely a step away from what he's done in the past I feel like it's a step towards more of an organic, natural sound for him, especially for his voice. You know, it's not the overproduced stuff that he's done before, but it's very uh, it's very organic. It feels like you're in the room with him in a smoky bar, and he's, like, singing right to you. It hits the heart and soul. Those are the two yeah. words that I get for it. Heart and soul. So I guess it's actually three words. But it's the album is called Magnolia. It came out January, right in the beginning of 2019. Yeah, one, of the, one of the first albums of the year. And is there a certain track on there that just really like just is like, whoa, this is some damn good music? Yeah. Um, for me it was the track number five, No Good Place to Cry. Um when I was driving listening to that, I actually like pulled over to the side of the road and like rewound the song and like was just listened to it again. And I think I actually listened to it like three times. Cause not only does it talk about like something that's a heavy hit or something that pulls on the heartstrings and all, but like you know, it talks about Broadway and it talks about Nashville. You know, it talks about stuff that's home where you're like, dang, I've been there before and I've done that. So for me, you know, it's something is like the song not only is a great song, but it like speaks to things I've actually done. Yeah. Oh, amen to that, man. I've been cranking that up. And again, that's Randy Hauser's Magnolia album. Kind of his jump back to his uh, country roots of to his deep country roots, not necessarily yeah. his mainstream country roots. Very soulful. A lot of blues. You definitely want to check that one out. Now, for me, something a little bit more in the, uh, dare I say, bro country spectrum of things. A guy by the name of Hardy. His first name's Michael. He's not related to Ed, the uh, famous clothing designer. Uh, and you might know some of the songs that he's written, been a co-writer on big hits like Up, Down, Simple, and quite a few others. He's been writing a lot with Florida Georgia Line. He's on the road right now with Morgan Wallen. They actually just played Marathon Music Works here in Nashville. Sold out show. I didn't get a chance to go. Some of my buddies went. They said it was rowdy as can be. And for me, uh, what's really cool about this album, there's some songs on there that are just sonically and lyrically just very freaking catchy. It's kind of like jumping back to where 2012, 2013 Maybe 2014 FGL left off with songs like Round Here and Tip It On Back or Tip It Back, excuse me, um, and just just a rowdy, fun party atmosphere. And but the song that really gets me is um, a song called Sign Sober You, which is actually one of the slower tracks on the four song EP. And uh, it's about writing a writing yourself a letter. You sober you writing a letter for your drunk self to look at so you don't pick up the phone and uh, call up that ex that you're thinking about. I wish I had that idea. Right? No, it's it's an incredible track, incredible song. And again, that's Hardy off the EP, Where to Find Me. An album uh, should be getting released from Big Loud Records. A full-length Hardy record should be coming out later on this year, and he'll be on the road with FGL, Dan and Shay, and crazy Mr. Redneck, 
mullet himself, Morgan Wallen, plumbing to an amphitheater near you in this summer of 2019. Now, without further ado, hey, we got a guest to get to, don't we, Tyler? Oh, yeah, we do. We got a great guest to get to, somebody who I refer to as being a triple threat, somebody who uh, can do it all, who can make you sound good, who can sing, a, who can write a song for either himself to sing or for you to sing, and can play a mean, a mean, soulful, just all-around badass bass guitar. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, our conversation with Colton Parker. Let's go. In the round. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to In The Round, the In The Round podcast. It is your host, Matt Burrill, hanging out with you in Music City. Got my good buddy, my co-host, the big boy from Alabama himself, Stephen Tyler Lassard. Ty, how you doing, my brother? Doing well, man. How you doing today? Doing great. This is our first episode with a guest. Thank you guys for checking us out. And we got a damn good one for you. We got, I call him a triple threat because he can do a lot of damn things here in this town. Sometimes he's running a soundboard. Sometimes he's in a writing room writing a smash hit. And other times he's out on the road or playing gigs downtown with some great acts. It's our buddy Colton Parker. Colton, how you doing, my man? I'm great, man. How are y'all doing today? Doing all right. It was a bender last night, but uh, we're, we're <laughs> here. You, man. We're here, and we were even saying like we're recording this around noontime, and even then, it's like this is early. It's yeah, in Nashville, noon is early. I had to set three alarms just to make it here on time. <laughs> yeah, I woke up at like six, and then eight, and now I woke up at eleven. Finally, I was like, all right, I got to get up. It's really bad. As I was going to bed, as you were waking up, but we're here and we're doing it, and <laughs> it's Nashville. awesome. So, how long you been here in Nashville? What's kind of your backstory for getting getting to where you're at right now? Man, I've been playing in Nashville for like three years, but I've only been living in Nashville for the last four months. So, like, you know, I started doing the whole Broadway thing and playing. I started out playing at Tootsie's and doing that whole circuit and then moved to other bars. I probably played every bar on Broadway. But, um, you know, and it driving back and forth, I'm from Jackson, Tennessee, so that's yeah. like a two-hour drive. So doing that every day it was, wasn't very cost-efficient. So, you know, I started, like, trying to make a plan to move here. And then me and my girlfriend, she she graduated from a nursing school and then you know we just had the opportunity we're like let's move let's go and you got to be there you know well you were driving two hours yeah every, every day every day for like two hours back and forth man just, that is dedication that's insane i thought i've had some pretty bad commutes like just like distance wise when i was living up in new york but that is wow you were so you were. What would you be coming up here for? Like, what would would it be like a full day where you'd be up here, or would you just come up, gig, and go home? It was different every day. It was like some. There were some days like I literally drove here just to do a writing session, and then drive home. Or I would you know come play a gig, and then drive home. Every once in a while, I would try to you know stay at a buddy's house or something. But you know that's the grind, man. You got to sacrifice to get where you want to get. You know. I mean, just driving up here two hours to do a riders round, you know, like you're not making any money there. Like that's, you know, that is dedication for 
you know, especially do it. And that's the grind that you have to do, you know, like that's insane. Yeah. That's just, that, that, that's, that's why that's what you got to do though. Like I've, I was told before I moved down, I moved down here a few months ago. The Nashville is like a hustler's paradise. If you hustle, if you grind, you, you, there's a better chance of you getting somewhere. Nothing's yeah. guaranteed in this town. Honestly, the, like some of the, some of the most talented people I know in Nashville aren't doing anything. And it has nothing to do with how good they are because they are some of the best I've ever seen. But really in Nashville, like talent is maybe 40% of what gets you to be successful. Like really talent is only maybe 40% of it. It's just all about the grind and dedication, uh, grind and being professional. That's that's absolutely, that's just so insane. Especially, so a day for you could consist of a write, a gig, and working sound somewhere. I've done it. You've done all three, <laughs> all in, three one in one day. One day. Yeah. Wow. That, now what, now, okay, so, so backing up a little bit, you said you're from Jackson, Tennessee originally. When did you start doing the music thing? Well, I was actually born in Lexington, which is like 30 minutes from Jackson. Okay. But I, I grew up in Jackson, spent most of my life there. But, uh, I got my first bass when I was four. Four years old, you're yeah. you're slapping a bass. I was really just ripping the strings off of it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> <laughs> you know, kind of doing bam bam on a bass, but I didn't. <laughs> I didn't really start playing like really just dedicated to it till I was maybe eleven or twelve. I saw a guy at church, and he was just up there grooving and having the time of his life, and I was like, I want to do that, and so. You know, we try to go through the process of getting lessons and all that. It didn't work out just because my family, both my parents worked all the time and didn't really have time. I didn't have anybody to take me to go get lessons. So, But my dad was a bass player. Like all of his brothers, they had a band when he was younger. And so he was like, hey, I'm going to teach you how to tune it. I'll teach you a couple songs. And so we did that whole thing. Like we sat in a room. The first day he taught me like some Sly and the Family Stone stuff. And like he just put he put on like just records and ra- like the radio and stuff and like sit down, learn just learn the song, figure it out. And then man, I would stay in my dad's bedroom for hours at a time, just learning songs. And I was just obsessed ever since. Just it was love. The first pluck. You caught, you caught, you caught the music bug. Yeah, you caught really. the, the musician bug. And that's a bug that you got too, Tyler. Like, it's, there's, there's gotta be something. I have no musical ability. Like, you hand me that guitar you got right over there. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll like strum it and act like I know what I'm doing, yeah. but it'll sound awful. It's like when you're missing the notes in Guitar Hero and it's just like, fuck, 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 fuck. And it's all exactly, exactly. So you pick it up at four. And then you said about 10 or 12, you seriously start playing. When did you go out and start gigging, start doing it for, they'd be like, hey, I can do this for a living kind of thing. Um, well, I went to college for music. So my, my bachelor's was in entertainment music. So like I went through that whole process of, you know, learning how to be on stage and play with other musicians and do all that, all that jazz. But then, so I graduated college when I was 21 when I could, act, you know, legally get into a bar. And so, you know, immediately I started trying to go around different guys and play. And I started out playing blues. I played with a bunch of different people, played country. And then, uh, man, it was just right soon, soon as I graduated and was legal to get into a bar is when I started gigging. And um, But, you know, it's hard, man. Like when you first get out into the scene, like you're not making a lot of money. 
So it was like it was kind of the mentality. It was like I know this is what I do for the rest of my life, but can I support myself and can I ever support a family doing it? So it was really just a back and forth kind of battle within myself to like just stay mentally focused to be like, okay, this is a process. I can do this. I just got to stay dedicated to it, and it's not always going to be easy. Yeah, now you said blues, and I, when I've I've seen you play before, and you've seen him play before too, Tyler. Yeah, multiple times. You get funky when you're playing the bass and stuff. Like you, you're able to flip it, flip playing country songs if you're out with somebody, or flip it to playing blues or funk or like old school. What do you prefer? I know this can be a tough one because well, I'm sure you like it all, man. Like so, like I said, I grew up like the first song I learned was a slide in the family stone so like that's the first very first song I ever learned so that always has funk motown that has a place in my heart so like that's the most natural realm for me is staying in the funk motown thing but like I said I've played with so many different people like I played blue I played on Bill Street for years I was in the house band at 152 on Bill Street and you know I've I've played country I played with all kind of country people obviously you know, man, I've done the, I've played some reggae stuff. I've done, I mean, I've pretty much, you name it, I've done jazz, you know, all of the stuff like that. So, but that's what gets you hired, man, being versatile. If somebody can call you and be like, hey, I need you to come do this. I want to be able to do it. So I try not to close myself off to just one thing. It's being being available and knowing how, knowing what to do to get the gig because exactly. there's so many gigs and stuff out there. I do have a question for you talking about playing on Bill Street and like doing that. What's the like main difference between Bill Street and Broadway? <laughs> main different man, there's so many different differences. Like or I probably said that stupid, but there's so many differences. <laughs> <You're good. laughs> I did I kinda stumbled right there. You're good, baby. You're in the like, just You're thinking good. of the question though, uh man, it's night and day really. The entire atmosphere is one hundred percent different. So which would you say is a wilder party on the weekends? Man, uh, Nashville, definitely. I was going to say, Nashville gets pretty wild. Like, there's a lot of times where people are like, hey, let's go out on a Saturday night. And I'm just like, no, I'm not doing it. (laughs) Now, on Beale Street, is it? I have no idea about Memphis. I know it's a style of barbecue. I know there's a lot of music. And I know Elvis's house isn't too far from there. (laughs) That's about all I know about Memphis. Yeah. is it is Beale Street similar to Broadway where there's just a stretch of bars and it's just music kind of yeah. thing? Yeah. Yeah, that they're the same in that aspect, but that's it. Like everything else is different. But yeah, Beale Street is pretty much just one long street. Not as big as Broadway, but it's just one long strip of bars side by side where you go hear good blues music. You know. So now you said that you're part of the house band at a bar there. Yeah. Are there more House band oriented, or is it kind of like Nashville, where like you're bringing in new acts every like three or four hours, and you know it's it can change from week to week, or it can be the same, but like every night it's somebody different. Is it kind of that same way, or is it very much like this is set and this is who's playing here? For the majority, uh, it's it's the same as Nashville. Like you got different people at different bars every night. I mean, but you have a few places where they, they do the house band thing. And I was at Club 152 at the time. They did the whole house band thing. We played there Monday through Thursday. So playing Monday through Thursday, was it like set hours or were like, you know, as the crowd gets there, like you kind of do it? Like, was it the same guys every night? 
Like, how did that whole like house band thing work for y'all? Yeah, it it was the same guys every night. It was a three piece thing, so it was a trio. Three piece thing. Yeah. Okay. It was a trio, just straight straight blues thing. But um, man, it was it was totally different because Bill Street has changed a lot in the last ten years or so. How so? Well, I mean, just the atmosphere itself. Because I mean, blues blues in general just doesn't. It's not getting the respect that it used to get. Not because of a talent thing. It's just because, you know, we could go into the whole, like, you know, media and we can go into the whole, like, record label thing. But, like, uh, that has a lot to do with it because music business obviously is, it's a money machine. Yeah. Right? Yeah, 100%. So who's putting money into it and what they're putting money into pretty much controls what the majority of the average listener hears. So if, you know, money's not getting put into blues, people aren't hearing blues like they used to. So, but, you know, Bill Street, they still get a lot of tourists. Like, they get a lot of people from overseas where blues is played, which weirdly played more overseas than it is here in America. It sounds like rock and roll in that sense. Like, you have yes. those big rock festivals, like Rock Am Ring, yes. and, like, the huge ones that go on in Europe. Is it like that for blues? Like, yes. will you see, like, a big blues festival in, like, England or France or something? Yes. Really? Yes. Have you been over? Have you been overseas? I haven't. That? I haven't, but I'm, I mean, I'm going to get to pretty soon. But um, I've, I've been in sessions, though, with, like, these guys where I barely know them, but then you have somebody from Europe comes in and treats them like they're a superstar, like the biggest deal, you know, they've ever seen. So it's just a total, you know, it's just different of how <laughs> blues is respected in America as to, like, places like Europe. That's crazy because you rewind, like, what, like 15 years, not even, and you've got blues is viewed in a whole different light. Exactly. Like I remember as a kid even watching it go way back. You got finding his stereotype, Blues Brothers. That was fun. Yeah. That was a fun one. I yeah. did that. I did that as a Halloween costume one year. That was a fun one. I, mean, I know for me <laughs> as a guitarist, like one of my biggest influences on my playing was BB King. Like you know, for me, that's how I learned. You know, I I learned more of like playing for feel than playing for you know notes. But I feel like you know now like you say BB King to people, and there's a lot of people that are growing up that they're like. Who's that? Just the guy with a restaurant or music sad, venue yeah. at this yeah, point. Yeah, you know, but like they don't understand how he like really shaped. Yeah, a lot absolutely of stuff. shaped country, shaped what's in modern day pop music, shaped yeah. rock and roll. Shaped. Yeah, he's one, one of those guys, one of those big guys that that had a huge influence. So we covered the the playing, the, some <laughs> of the playing aspect. Now songwriting. Yeah. When did you write your first song? Man, I started writing songs as soon as I started playing music. Okay. Like, that, it was just kind of a natural thing. Like, for some I guess I always wanted to be creative and not necessarily be, be in a box. So I immediately started writing songs, whether they had lyrics in them or not. It just being melodic, you know, things that I came up with, that's always been second nature. How hard is it to be to make it as a songwriter in this town? Because that seems like the biggest occupation. If you looked up... Like in certain areas, that if you look on like the census report of what people's listed like employment is, I feel like Nashville's top one would be would be songwriter. If yeah. if that's something that you can list on there, what's it like being one of the one of the fish in the huge monstrous sea that is yeah. Nashville songwriting? Well, that you just said it, like man, there's so many people here that are writing songs, and well, there's so many people that have been successful writing songs. Like they may have had one song that got 
popular and you never hear anything from them ever again. So like it's very it's very difficult and it's all about networking and meeting people and just staying true to writing. That's the biggest difference. Like that's what I've learned. Everybody I talk to, you know, all the publishers and all everything that I talk to, they're really looking for people that are songwriters. There's a difference between somebody who likes to write songs for a hobby and being a songwriter. So if you're a songwriter, you do that. Like that's what it, you do. It's not necessarily you're doing it because of money. It's something that is within you. It's a passion. Just like playing music in general is a passion. In order to be a successful songwriter, you have to be dedicated to it. Yeah, and like, you know, with you saying like doing it for a hobby versus doing it like because it is you like you know, I know with being a writer myself, like there's times where I get writer's block and like people notice, like I get into a funk and like people are like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I'm trying to get something in the paper, but nothing's coming out right now. And like, they're like, well, just, just go write. And I'm like, you're not understanding. Like, it's not just that simple. Like there's, there's something that's literally a mental block right now to where I can't do what I want to do and I can't say what I want to say right now and it's frustrating, you know? Yeah. Well, the reason the reason that happens is because if you're a real songwriter and you're putting yourself into writing a song, what is going on in your atmosphere and in your life at the time, it's, it's a mental block. So, like, you can't put out what you want to put out at the time because – you're going through something in life. So when that happens to me, like I'll take a song. If I get blocked on it, I will stop, and I might take it to somebody else and see, okay, what is your perspective on on this? And it, it'll, by changing my atmosphere and changing how I'm experiencing it at that time, it kind of helps me open up to to be able to finish. Is that one of the ways, the, one of the reasons that co-writing is so important? Because yes. I know there's a lot of that in this town, and I didn't realize how much of that was going on like and then you start seeing if you look up look up songs written by people like there's so many there's at times there's so many names attached to it and stuff what what do you do like some like you co-write i'm assuming a lot yeah. you, i'm sure you're you've got your buddies you've got your crew yeah. you're networking that you, that you like to go out and and write with and, you, and whether you're in a room or you're hanging out in somebody's back porch or mm-hmm. out on a trip somewhere whatever how'd you get involved with doing that um really Playing out with Skylar. Okay. So like, I, we were doing the whole, you know, playing gigs and doing the bar scene, traveling back and forth to Nashville and things like that. But then you start meeting people. You know, we got the whole Jack Daniels uh, sponsorship. So we go Damn, there. That's, a, that's yeah. a nice, tasty sponsorship. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so we're out in Lynchburg and we're playing for the barbecue fest. And then we just start meeting people. And then uh, they're like, hey, come to Curb. And let's sit down and talk. So, uh, so that's a that's a big yeah. <laughs> a, oh, just come to curb. You're like, whoa, like, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's a like, big I'll, deal. We're playing a gig, and it's like, I'll oh, come to curb. All right, so we we set up a meeting. We go to curb, and we're sitting down and we're talking. And they're like, um, do y'all got do y'all write any songs? And of course, yeah, I've been writing songs for years. Like y'all send us some stuff. We send them songs. We like your songs. We want to set you up with writing some of our writers. You know, just see how that goes. So, we start. We wrote with Billy Montana, Philip Lamon. So yeah, so we were. You know, Will Nance. That was another one, and I was a big fan of Will Nance because he wrote some Brad Paisley stuff. And uh, so yeah, so it kind of just went to there and just 
since it was something that I was already doing, it just kind of opened the door and, you know, I started sharing it with other people and then I meet new riders. And so now it's just part of, part of life. So are you currently on a pub deal right now? I'm not. You're not. You're going to be, though. It's going to happen for you. I know how good you are, and I see, and I'm sure Tyler, it's going to happen for you eventually. Yeah. It's it's going to, like, I think sooner rather than later, like, yeah. you got a lot of good stuff going. You're a damn good writer. Well, man, it's really, like, for me mentally, it's not something that I'm just, I'm not stressing over it. You don't rush, you want to rush, like, it's not something that you try to rush into in this town? Like, it just, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't kind of thing? That's kind of what I treat everything. Like, I... I put myself out there and I just try to be the best that I can at something. And the way I see it is if it's meant for me in my life, it'll happen. And if it's not, it won't. But in the end, I'm going to end up where I'm supposed to be. So I'm going to write songs regardless if I ever get a pub deal or not. Okay. 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 And I feel like, you know, that's a lot of the mentality of, you know, the people that are doing it and like are on the big stages and doing it. They're not somebody that like actively went out and like, you know, push for like, you know, I want to be X's guitar player, you know, like, I don't, I want to do this. Like they kept doing their craft. They kept doing what they were doing and eventually doors opened up for them. You know, it's one of those things where, you know, those who wait, you know, good things come to them, you know, kind of thing. Exactly. Like the Hunter thing. I did not go out and yeah, try been, to make yeah, it happen. Yeah, we haven't brought that up yet. So two names that you brought up. You brought up Skyler and you brought up Hunter. So first, Skyler, somebody that Tyler and I both know that we get to, we get to see play live a bunch downtown, and one of the coolest, nicest guys that you can meet out on Broadway. Um, how'd you get to meet him? What's the backstory on your guys' relationship? Yeah, so um, like I said, um, you know, I was playing in Jackson and stuff like that, playing all kinds of different stuff. But then I was going through the the time in my life where you know I wasn't. I was playing a lot, but I wasn't necessarily making a lot of money and making ends meet. And as soon as I graduated from Lambeth with my EMI degree, I went and got my master's in business administration. So I graduated from there, and then, you know, one of my best friends moved to Oxford, Mississippi. Everybody who has ever been to Oxford, Mississippi knows it's a great time. So I was like, hey, I'm going to go move to Oxford, Mississippi. I got a job right there on the square. I was you know, doing some tax kind of stuff like that. And then, um, so I'm, I'm at work and then my phone rings and it's, uh, my buddy, Greg Pratt. It's like, Hey, this guy, I know, um, he, he needs a bass player. Might be giving you a call. Like, so I'm on lunch. His manager at the time calls me. It's like, Hey, we got to run in Myrtle beach. Would you be interested in going? I'm like, I haven't, been out on the road much and stuff like that. I looked him up. I saw his X Factor video. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, man, like sign me up. So I took off work. We we go to Myrtle Beach and I'm sitting there Like after playing a show. I'm like, I wasn't very happy after playing the show. I knew it had nothing to do with Skylar. I was like, this dude is so good, but his band is not. So like, when we got back home, I hit him up. I was like, hey, man, um, just I really believe that you – you're a talented, talented singer, talented entertainer, and um, I think you could really do something. But I don't think that your band and your management uh, is going to get you there. I was like, let's let's get together. Just have a little faith in me. I can get you a band that is worthy of playing 
with an artist like you and everything that your manager is doing, we can do on our own better have a little faith in me. He was like, you know what? Uh, sure. Let's do it. Just taking the leap of, yeah. Taking the leap of faith. Yeah, he felt it too. You know, he felt it too. So, uh, you know, man, we just did it. We just did yeah. it. And then, so I ended up quitting my job. And, and this is how many years ago? Just the timeline of, uh, Colton Parker. Right? It'll be four years in March. Okay. So you're coming up on your anniversary of yeah. you guys meeting and you guys taking that jump. And it started with a gig. Myrtle Beach mm-hmm. from mutual friend, a guy we know and love too, Mr. Greg Pratt. Yes. That's just how it works, huh? Yeah, that's it, man. <laughs> you just take that. Just to, like Steve Harvey says, you just sometimes you got to jump, man. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So you've been playing with Skylar now here in Nashville for how long? Three years. Three years. And you've seen how he's, how he's grown. And again, yeah. he can just, some guys got it. Uh, where either they can they can sing or they they're a performance on stage or there's great dudes. He's got all three. Yes. Where he can he like you see him on a stage and he's just having fun. You guys yes. out there having fun together. You yes. guys have a good chemistry and whatnot. And now the other name you mentioned, that's Skylar Anderson, by the way. If you don't know Skylar, you, you will soon and definitely look him up on social media. Kid is badass. Love that guy. You mentioned Hunter. Somebody that people a lot of people know, somebody that I've seen play up in New Jersey, up in New York, somebody that's turned on the country. It's Mr. Hunter Hayes, right? Yeah, man. So how the heck does that all happen? Man, it's crazy. It's really crazy how it happened. Um, so I met this guy on, at Whiskey Row. Um, his name is Hubert Payne. He plays drums for Little Big Town. But when he's not playing, you know, he's just he goes out on Broadway and, you know, just to meet new people and have fun and, you know, play some gigs. So... I get his number, and I just hit him up one day. I'm like, hey, Hubert, uh, man, I really enjoyed your playing. Let's get together and jam sometime. And then so uh, he already knew my, my buddy Trevor that plays for Skylar, Trevor McKay. So he's like, hey, yeah, let's we're going to go to my buddy Matt Cummings' house, and uh, let's just jam. So I get there, and it's, you know, me, Hubert, Trevor, and then Matt, another guitar player, and then this guy named Jonathan Smith shows up. I'm like, oh, we got a keyboard keyboard player so we we're all sitting in a garage man and we just start jamming and it was very organic and they sang you know like within 10 minutes we're sitting there writing songs wow like all of us together as a band just writing songs and it was just like a instant connection and then so we just we just every week we're like every week let's get together and and do this because it's totally different from what we do every day because you know on Broadway, I don't even know if I should say this, but I'm going to say it anyways. You do what you got to do, man. <laughs> On Broadway, man, sometimes you can get stuck yes. playing yeah. the same things because you have to because obviously your job is to make a bar money, and if people are in there and they want to hear certain things, you got to play them. Like you don't have the freedom necess- necessarily to just go off on a tangent and to play something that's always stimulating musically. So like we were like, man, we really this is something different. We we enjoy it. Let's just get together every week and do that. And then uh, Hubert, friends with Hunter, he's like, man, I'm I'm gonna see if he just wants to like come and sing a song one day or something because he likes he's a musician. He likes to do jam stuff. And then man, so three weeks later, I'm sitting at Whiskey Row running sound. I get a text, man. Would you be interested in a road gig? Like, uh who wouldn't be interested in a road gig, of course. And then I'm like, who's it for? 
He's like, man, I just got the weirdest call. Andy Sheridan from Hunter Hayes just hit me up, said Hunter needs a new band. It's like, huh? All right. (laughs) Sounds great. And he's like, man, I'm going to try to set it up for this week. That was on Tuesday night. And then uh, he calls me the next day and says, okay, well, it's tomorrow. You you don't have to learn anything. We're just going to come and jam our stuff. Andy's going to show up. So we're sitting at Matt's garage. Andy Sheridan comes in. And then we're sitting there playing. He's like, oh, by the way, Hunter Hayes is about to show up. It's like, man, okay, no pressure. That's got to so, be fun. Yeah. <laughs> so Hunter Hayes walks in. We played three songs. And he said, wow, uh, I'm going to give you a call. Man, it wasn't 10, 15 minutes later. Hubert gets a text. Hey, uh, you guys want to audition Sunday? It's like, Okay. We'll do we'll do a real audition Sunday. He he sends us songs to learn off the new album and everything. We go in there at Starstruck and play the songs and bam! It's like congratulations, guys. Uh, so the jam band, the band that you were jamming with, yes, in the garage is now going to be out on the road going yes. all these places. Yes. So just you guys jamming and doing something different. Yeah. Led wow. Within a, I mean within three weeks. You know, it's just, you know, but that's, that's Nashville though, man. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah, no, like with me, with getting the sound job at Whiskey Row, I hit Tyler up one day. He's like, yeah, how about like training on Sunday night? I'm like, yeah, sure. So I show up on Sunday night and I start to tune the monitors and all. And like, he's like, cool, you know what you're doing. I'm going to go for a little bit. And I'm like, uh okay <laughs> baptism by fire <laughs> yeah and then like he he's like all right uh i need you to come in one more day for a training shift so i was like okay and so the next day i show up and uh i showed up for the morning and i think it was right around the time that you were there too mm-hmm. and like you weren't there that night so um he's like i really need a guy for the night he's like you've already ran this one band he's like you want a job and it's like yeah, sure. And he's like, all right, you're hired. Run tonight. That's your, like, one thing. Like, if you can run tonight, you've got a job. I was like, got it, dude. That's natural. So, so it's just being in the right place at the right time. Exactly. Knowing the right people and just putting yourself some, yourself in positions to succeed. That's it. It sounds so easy, but I know it's so difficult with, with what goes on down here. Like, there's a lot... A lot you can get caught up, and there's a lot of, but dude, congratulations on that gig. And you guys, the fact that you guys are all doing it together, too, that's something special. It is. That's really something special. So, I mean, excuse me, you do so many different things. What's kind of your dream goal? And I know this can be a loaded question because you do so many things where you could be, would it be, say, running sound at a place like Red Rocks, like going on the road with a huge name and getting to work at a cool venue like that? Would it be being it? Would it be able to write songs and be writing, bumping out number one hits or at least be in the position to? Or would it be going out on the road and slapping the bass a little bit? My number one goal is going out on the road and okay. playing for a major artist. That has always been my dream and my number one thing. And songwriting would be number two okay. for me. Running sound, that was just kind of like something I know how to do. It's not really my passion, but I do enjoy it. But as far as like doing it for the rest of my life, no. Okay. I just like knowing how to do it. Yeah, and that, that's got to add something too, and Tyler, you can chime in on this as well, man. 
you guys as musicians and as writers now that probably that's got to help you out too. I mean, the whole run sound thing. You guys are at. You guys are in the. Or have been in the shoes of the people that where you're where you're watching levels and everything. You know, well, you you've been guitarists, you've been bassists, you know drummers, you know you do vocals and stuff. That's got to add a whole other dimension to it too. Yeah, like you know, it's always nice for me whenever an artist knows what, like knows a little bit about sound or something, or a player knows a little about something about sound, and they're just like, "Hey, man, uh, you know, I need this frequency turned up, you know, this much," and you're like. Easy, done. You know, because you get the guys. Um, I was a group one time, and they were like, Yeah, I'm like, my ears right now, they just sound washy or spacey. <laughs> I hate that. Ocean y. And oh, you're man. like, All right, dude, well, uh, what does that mean? Like, what what am I fixing here? Like, what sounds that? And he's like, I don't know, man. It's just my ears. And I'm like, Just washy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or muffled. Or muffled? It's yeah. like, okay. Yeah, yeah. People use that one a lot. And they're like, Oh, it's just muffled, and I'm like, okay. Yeah, some people don't know what muffled means, though. Some when people like some artists say muffled, they're saying that there's nothing below end. But then I've had other ones who are saying, oh, it's just all high end, but they use muffled as the same term. Yeah, you know, it's one so. of the it's one of the hot phrases to use. Um, I had one guy right that I was with, and he was like, "Yeah, my ears right now they just they just kind of sound blue," and I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> Alright dude, so let's let's have a talk just, real quick. What does that mean? rhymes blue over and over? So and let over me call again. John Mayer and yeah. ask him what blue means. <laughs> right? Seriously. Seriously. And you t- you mentioned John Mayer. You're big I'm assuming you're a big music guy. You don't just listen to country. What are For you sure. kind of digging on your on your Spotify, on your Apple music and stuff, whatever you're listening to? What do you what are you jamming to? What's on the Colton Parker playlist? Man, it's it's a lot of different things. I'm really into this band called Brothers Landreth, uh, Joey Landreth, he's got his own thing too. But they're Canadian, like they're Canadian blues country kind of kind of band, and they are awesome, man. Just so much hey, soul. He uh, he got me to pull them up right here whenever before you got here today, and I listened to a song or two of those. Those guys jam. They're so good. But then you know Wolfpack. Okay, I love Wolfpack. <laughs> Obviously, Chris Stapleton, in my opinion, is the best country vocalist. He's the guy right now. He's yeah. the guy to me. Um, Michael Jackson. I've always been okay. a Michael Jackson fan. Um, I mean, it, it goes into a bunch of different things, man. Hunter Hayes. Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I'm investing in myself on that one. <laughs> so having that, that wide stuff. And uh, would you say some of those, some of those guys, that's, that's a big, those are big influences for you or Definitely. does it go back to the blues roots where you're, you're playing BB King, that first song you learned to. And yeah. yeah I was going to say with Chris, you know, it's funny that you mentioned him cause he has a very like bluesy, like kind of like, yes. he's, he's that balance of Memphis and Nashville. Yeah. He's, he could, he could sell out a venue in either city. Yes. Like he's that, I mean, he could sell out a venue in any city. Yeah. He sold out Madison Square Garden, but like he can, that he's that that hybrid. I mean, people people don't really know that much about Chris Stapleton. He had a rock band. Yeah, the um, yeah. back in that the was day, the man. pile. Those was, was was the pile divers. Was no, the steel drivers was steel drivers. Yeah, was it was brothers something. Uh, I can't remember the name of the band, but if you go back and listen to that, man, he really proves. How versatile! And while he's doing he that, he's just bumping out number one hits all yeah. across the mid two thousands. Nobody has any idea. Nobody. And is. then he he pops in, and now he's he's the guy. He's Chris Stapleton. He's running tours and playing amphitheaters and venues all over the place. 
Well, that's badass, man. So you got that guitar with you yeah. over there. I'm assuming that means you're gonna sing us a little tune. Yeah, man. I'll do y'all. I'll do y'all one of my. So originals. What, do you, what, do, what are you thinking for the original? What kind of what song you, you looking at? Cause I know you write. How many songs do you write a day, by the way? Because I, I, I know people that that bump out like double digits a week. I know some people where they're they're writing when they're in their when they got their mojo and they're in their zone. Like how how many songs are you writing? It depends. There's some weeks where I might only write two songs. And then there are some days where I'll write five songs, you know, so it really just depends on what's going on and how I'm feeling at the time. Like, if I can be on the road. You make it sound so casual. Like, I just wrote five songs in one day. Like, it's well, so, so, like, it's so casual. Like, this yeah. is hard. This is hard stuff to do. Yeah, but there's like, times whenever, like, you're writing a song and, like, I've had it multiple times where it takes 15 minutes and it's done. And I'm like, all right, that's it. Like, that's, that's what I wanted to say with it. That's the song. Yeah. I mean, there's also been certain songs. Uh, I'm sure you've done this before. It's like you really love this song, you really believe in this song, but you rewrite it six times in six months. You know, like you spend six months on this one song. I have a song that I wrote. Um, I have the first two verses and courses written, but there's like always like three or four that end up. And when I play it live, the last two that I have to like sing for it to finish up like as a story song. So the last two to finish up the story, I just literally make it up on the top of my head as I'm singing <laughs> it. And it's every different every time. Like I, I've had good ones where I'm like, Oh, that was a good one. And then nobody has a recording of it. And I'm like, great. I don't remember what I said. So <laughs> it's going to be different next time too. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. I know having having it down in the phone and and having a, a work tape is so important. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've had buddies were in their car and they're plugging in the aux. They're not going on spot. They're they're showing me their work tapes and just how important. Like you you lose those, that yeah. idea could be gone forever. Yeah, man. it could be a real sticky yeah, situation. So what's this one that you that you got for us today here? On um, the man, it's it's called it's called it smells like rain. So it's pretty much about you know like. Living in Nashville for sure, like your friends want you to go out and have a good time. They sure but, do. <laughs> yeah, you're right. We all know how that we know how that is. Every night it never stops. But sometimes you just want that night at home with your girl and you don't feel like going out, you want to stay home. So that's what I wrote this song about. All right. Awesome. Any co-writers on this one? No, this is all me. This is all Colton nice. Parker original. Awesome. Well, well, Colton's getting that guitar ready and stuff. Thank you guys for tuning in to In the Round. Tyler, this was fun, man. Yeah, Episode dude. one with a guest. This was badass. I want to thank Colton for coming out. You guys, make sure you follow and plug that social media for us real quick. What do you? Where, where can people find you? Instagram, Facebook. Uh, Instagram, Colton Parker Base. Colton Parker Base. Nice, <laughs> nice and straight, simple. I love nice it. Nice straight yeah. into the point. You guys can find us at In the Round on Facebook, Instagram. I think we're gonna get a Twitter going soon. We got the website as well, InTheRound.com. We bump it out. YouTube videos doing all kinds of cool content as we get this wild ride going with wheels and all that stuff keeping her going down here in music city best place on the earth now time without further ado our good buddy colton parker with it smells like
call all our friends Tell them all we're gonna just stay in And that's about me and you We don't have to go outside I've got it all planned out right Cause baby I can tell you wanted to The clouds around my poor Our hearts are doing the same It feels like love It smells like rain up this weekend You can tell him I don't want to drive You can say whatever you want We're worth a little while Maybe we can call all our friends Tell them all we're gonna just stay in Tonight's about me Like rain.